1: But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him and kissed him. Luke 15, verse 20. The prodigal son is an old favorite with my family and me and probably all of you. There is so much in the story to consider every time I read it. At the moment going through empty nest, independent children, the realisation that as I grow older and they grow older, the problems don't go away, they change. This story takes on a different significance. We still worry about our offspring, but it's no longer, are they hungry, can they make new friends easily, will they fall in the pool, or are they happy in the co-op I've just signed them up for? Now it's, are they doing well at work? Do they have enough money for rent? Are they driving safely? This parable for me today isn't so much about taking their inheritance early and running away from home only to return years later and fall on my mercy and generosity. It's about taking what they have learned during the homeschooling years, how they then should live, furthering God's kingdom, their ethics and values and applying them or not. And it's the or not that worries me and you a little. This teaching brings home to me the awesome love of God. I love my children a lot, but as I've said before, not as much as God loves them. And I should hand them over to his greater love because, as the story shows, when they do finally return completely to the Lord, their father, he comes running. He ran to his son. Jesus uses the running image because in that day, men from that ethnic city ethnicity did not run. It was abhorrent and demeaning to them. He wants his listeners to know that God runs to us and our sons and daughters who return to life. Our children were gods even before we ever loved or knew them. They remain gods. We all do. Alleluia and amen. Hello there. Welcome to the sociable homeschooler. My name is Vivian McNenney, and I'm here to dispel any preconceived ideas you may have about what educating your children at home looks like. It can be straightforward school or no school at all. It can involve world travel or a comfy seat on the couch. It can be in pursuit of passions or just simply hanging out in a tree. Homeschooling can be embarked upon for a number of reasons, too. A physically challenged child or parent, the threat of bullies, overwhelming peer pressure, a particularly brilliant child who's bored at kindergarten, a conflict in religious values, or a desire for the family closeness missing in your upbringing. For me, it's a lifestyle that suits the maverick lurking within. I wanted to be the one who saw the light bulbs go on. I wanted to be there at turning points in my children's lives. I didn't want to hand them over to folk who weren't their mother, and I wanted to make my own decisions about how to raise my children. On my show, I've spoken to a wide range of homeschooling mothers, fathers, and graduates who find educational opportunities in whatever they're doing, and thrive. I've moved in and out of my comfort zones. God and children will do that. I've gained maturity, wisdom, and experience. And I'm here to share it with you. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, always busy, and sometimes a roller coaster. But for me, it starts and ends with God. The beauty of a brilliant church choir, mild weather and rain even, birdsong drowning out the traffic on my afternoon walks, bacon, bacon, cooking in the dining room, well, in the kitchen off the dining room of our hotel, and being able to visit some of our children whenever we feel like it. If you pop by, I'll offer you, well, I actually had hot chocolate today uh, with some chocolate digestives. Oh, my goodness. Um, To thank you for staying. I'm broadcasting from Richardson, Texas at my friend's house this afternoon. And after the first break, I'm going to be talking to Nina Levin about maths. You'll want to hear her tips and tricks, so stay tuned. She'll be with us after my first break. I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNennies, where I've let go of part one of my memoir. Yoo-hoo! Volunteered, taken in the news about Ebola, booked flights to L.A., and visited children in the area. Are you Ready? First off, happy birthday to my oldest son in L.A. 29 years ago, I was lying in a hospital bed trying to focus on trivia instead of contractions, and visitors kept popping in. You can imagine it, can't you? I was new to America, very private person, doing something I didn't want to be doing in public, and my room had a revolving door. Have you ever tried to keep a neutral face while a baby is moving around on the cusp of birth? Anyway, we both made it to tell the tale, and I have fond memories of my stay at the Marga Perot Wing of Presbyterian Hospital After the C-section I eventually had to have. And I rested for five whole days back then. We were sent home with a picnic basket filled with a cooked meal. Cornish game hens, I believe. Pate and cheese, flowers and champagne. We'd never get the wine today. I was working for Ticketmaster at the time. And one of my friends made an event of the birth, which it was. And printed up tickets as my baby announcements. The event was called Welcome to the World. And welcome again to my world, Ian. Life has never been the same after you arrived. (laughs) We visited, talking about children and visiting, we visited our teacher daughter's home that she shares with three others and cooked dinner for everyone. We had a delightful evening and promised to go back and help her hang her pictures from Liberia when she was there on the Africa Mercy She had them them all framed, but they were in a different color, and she wanted to change the color. So we went home, and we took all the pictures and glass out, re-spray painted them, and then put everything back again, and they looked really good. And we went over and arranged them on her walls so she has a good display once again. The Mercy Ship, by the way is on its way to Madagascar, not being able to return a minister in Liberia or anywhere along the west coast of Africa, where it usually stays way too dangerous. The ship is stopping in Cape Town, South Africa, for a few days, where it will be open to the public for tours and taking on and letting off the volunteers before heading to Madagascar. And that is going to be quite a long sail. We also visited our daughter at KinderCare, where, she, where she's working, the Learning Centre. And I'm going to be spending a few hours during the Thanksgiving week break reading out loud to the children. They're all, from, they're all off from school, so the centre will be alive with babies and toddlers and preschoolers and schoolers all up to the age of 12. It'll look like a really large homeschool. I'm looking forward to going to the library to borrow some old favourites. I think I'll include Include Louisa May Alcott's lovely short story, An Old-Fashioned Thanksgiving, which will be seasonally perfect. We went over for dinner at Dort's lovely apartment. She's living by herself. She's such a nester. She has it decorated lovingly, and it's very comfortable and tiny. Yesterday, I went and watched her teach one of her ballet classes after meeting her for a cup of coffee and a scone. The studio that she works at is brand new with very good marley floors, an important asset, In a dance school. She also has a second job at an independent cafe where they cook and serve lunches and dinners and they bake all their bread, cakes, and pastries. The owner includes daughters sometimes in the kitchen and she learned how to roll cake pops really quickly. She also went on a catering gig this week at an office, a new experience which she thoroughly enjoyed. So I hope she gets on there. Sometimes her jobs are a little overwhelming for her because she takes on a little bit more than she should. See, I told you, concerns are different, but they're still there. We're planning a visit to California to see my birthday boy son. He's the filmmaker this month for a quick week. And instead of a hotel, we're staying in someone's house in the hills of Sherman Oaks, close to where he lives. We have a few business and social meetings and Ian wants to record an interview with us separately to find out if we would be the kind of people he would have liked to have hung out with when we were his age. And I thought, oh, I wonder if I can remember that far back. Well, I just thought I was almost a brand new mum when I was his age and probably a boring stars in my eyes, newlywed too. So I don't know whether I would be somebody that he would want to hang out with back then. But uh, Anyway, we bought him gifts online to save us postage because most of them are free shipping, um, which is a bonus. And we have a couple of gifts that we bought in person too to take with us. So he'll be surprised and his birthday will last the longest it ever has. We always make sure it was birthday week, not just birthday day in our house. When we were out house hunting last week, oh gosh, that takes a long time too, we discovered that we really didn't know how big an acre or two was, and it's quite substantial after an English patio. We looked at a vacant house on 16 acres, that's massive, in case you don't know, at the back of the land. There were roosters in a well-sized pen. It was attached to a huge barn, nothing small, in Texas. They were noisy, and I commented to my blue-eyed cowboy, who was already with his lasso, that chickens would be fine, to keep, but keep out the roosters. cock doodle doing all over the place. It was deafening. As I went closer to investigate, a Pyrenean mountain dog in the pen got up unsteadily to his feet and came forward to greet me. He was in such bad shape emaciated he had his skin was hanging off him off his back his coat was matted and dirty his nose was dry he was hot there was no food or water Not that I could see, but he was still really friendly and just wanted to be made a fuss of, which I did, of course. We had a friend from theatre who used to rescue these dogs. He belonged to the local peer society called Spin. And so as soon as we got home, my blue-eyed cowboy got on the phone and called two rescue places and the SPCA to report him. By the next morning, we'd been contacted by everyone. The officer with the SPCA had been over to take the dog food and water. And with help from us, my cowboy sent an email detailing what we'd found he obtained a warrant. He'd been unable to reach the owner of the dog or the roosters and picked up the abandoned dog and called us to say, I think he'll be all right. So that was relief and concluded the conversation by saying, those were fighting roosters on that property. I think that's illegal. (laughs) Well, we were way out in the boonies. Um, renting an apartment seems to be the way to go at the moment. We've decided, fortunately, we managed to snag the original floor plan of the one we wanted when we first got home, but we too late by a few hours. The downside is we can't move in until the middle of November, which means more hotel living. I'm even getting tired of housekeeping. I'm dreading moving out moving some of our furniture from storage and into a new apartment. I keep having dreams about finding it on trucks damaged and being carted from place to place. This empty nest homeless lark is wearing me out. And looks as though I'm going to have to go on a very short break. And when I come back, um, Nina Levin from Verbal Math will be joining me to talk to us about some little nifty tricks and things about math. So... Go grab yourself something else to drink and come back and uh, we won't be long.
0: How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNitty, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on TogiNet.com. Trisha will dig deep into the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world. And maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and living inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com.
2: It's time to devote time to yourself and strap yourself in for a fun, down-to-earth, enthusiastic, compassionate, easy-to-understand discussion on the unlimited ways you can be all that you want to be. Join us for Bee Institute Radio with Christine McKee on Toginet Radio. Each week, Christine will have lively and open discussions and interviews, share stories and case studies, and hear from experts on the topic of the week. Christine, a registered psychologist from Australia and published author of Bee by Design, How I be is Up to Me most lively discussions and interviews every thursday evening at 6 p.m central standard time
0: welcome back to the sociable homeschooler with vivian mcninney the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career join us as we plow through the problems tackle the challenges and celebrate the successes it's the sociable homeschooler on togy and now back to your host vivian mcninney
1: This afternoon, I'm thrilled to be welcoming Nina Levin, CEO of Mountcastle Company, an independent publishing company with offices in California and New York City. Mountcastle was first established in 2000 as an educational publishing company focused on exceptional products for teaching children to read. Beginning with the company's first and best-selling book, The Reading Lesson, Mountcastle Company is being committed to publishing the most effective and original project pro- products for young children they also published the best-selling series the verbal math lesson in 2012 Nina took over and she has since added new amazing products to the catalogue for homeschooling families and is passionate about bringing the best educational tools to families across the country and around the world Nina good afternoon and welcome to my show Hi, Vivian. Thank you so much for having me. Well, finally. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's been, I was, I was been a little because, while. Yeah, it's been like 10 shows ago when we had that little... Yeah. Um, little... Well, good, good things come to those who wait, right? <laughs> that's right. That's right. So um, now it's been a whole 10 weeks. Has has anything sort of changed? Well, we'll talk about that. Let's, let's wait and we'll get there. First off, I want to talk sure. a little bit about you. Tell me a little bit about who you are and um, where you are, and and what kind of work you do. Yeah. Um, my, so my name is Nina,
3: um, and I, as you mentioned, I took over Mount Castle Publishing Company um, just a couple of years ago. And actually, the um, the interesting part about our company is that my parents actually um, brought, have written a lot of the first books that I first publish. Um, my parents are very, um, invested in what were very invested in my education when I was growing up and were constantly trying to develop um, their own products for teaching me to read and to do math. Um, so they the books that they first wrote were the first books that I ever, ever published and put on the market. Um, so I, I graduated from college, um, and I worked, you know, in the corporate environment for a long time, but had always, had a really big interest in education and publishing and so that was sort of what led me to um, to, to take over the company and to you know put the best um, math and reading products available out there. So we're doing pretty good so far.
1: So do you have any siblings?
3: I do. I have a younger brother. His name is Victor. He actually, it's exciting. He just got a job at Apple, um, so he oh, wow. started this week. And yeah, he's a, he's in engineering, and I'm in economics. So we're we're kind of both math-oriented people.
1: Oh, right. So your
3: parents knew what they were doing when they did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. My mom's an engineer, and my dad is a doctor. So, um, oh, okay. you know, we're. We're a very sort of technical family,
1: I guess. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I always say, because as homeschoolers, we get to look and watch our children and you know, we we can see their strengths, even if they don't think that they have any strengths in that direction. We can actually see their potential and work towards it and help them with it. Whereas sometimes I think sitting in a classroom, those kinds of children whose potential doesn't shout, you know, um, mm-hmm. we get get lost, get get a little bit lost somewhere along the line. Oh, so. definitely, definitely. I mean. Um...
3: You know, I'm, I, I always tell people that I learned more at home growing up mm-hmm. than I ever did in school. And I think part of that was the distraction of other kids. Mm-hmm. Um, I was, you know, I think a lot of kids get very distracted by having 30 other children their age in the yeah. same room. All they want to do is play. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, inherently, and you know, as human beings we learn best from our parents because those are the people we trust the most those are the people that are in our daily lives so um i think that's an incredible strength
2: yeah
1: so the very first book that your parents were um that wor- worked on was a reading reading yes book. so when you were mm-hmm. really young so it uh, tell me tell me how that is structured how 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 are those books what do they look like and what what's their content like mm-hmm.
3: Right, yes. So when I was born, um, and, you know, when I got to around two or three, as as all parents do, my parents wanted to find something to teach me how to read. Um, And my mom, in her very overzealous fashion, um, tried to start teaching me to read at age two, which, as as we found, is quite young. Um, Mm -hmm. But... Nonetheless, she bought all the hooked on phonics tapes and um, books, and nothing really would take. Um, and and in part because of the age, but also just because a lot of the resources that were available just didn't um, were not interesting to me as a child, and, and were not really effective. So mm-hmm. she said, "You know, I'll just start creating my own worksheets at home and and do sort of a, a try and test." method of of seeing what works, so she started writing these worksheets, and my dad, who is a child psychiatrist, um, you know, got involved because he had a lot of knowledge about child development, Mm -hmm. and, um, you know, by the age of five, my my age of five, they had written, they had put together hundreds of worksheets and put it together in a book, and Mm -hmm. the book is called The Reading Lesson, and Mm -hmm. it uses both phonics and keyword recognition, which are the Mm -hmm. two... Um, methods of teaching children to read. Um, mm-hmm. And the book has really taken off um, in the past couple of years uh, since I started marketing it and, um, you know, bringing it more to homeschooling communities because the homeschooling community is very supportive
1: of it. Mm-hmm. So um, so um, um, I mean, is it parents mm-hmm. that buy those books typically whose children are in the public schools and they just want some supplemental um, It's no, I mean, aid? the the thing about reading is that especially early
3: early childhood education and reading, it falls in this sort of no-man's-land category because it's right before kids go to preschool, and there's no set age that everyone says, this is the age your child should absolutely be reading by, and and if they're not, then they're delayed. It's it's a very... um, So it works for both homeschooling families that want to start early or want to teach their children at home, or families that... Do have their children in the public school system and want to teach their children to read before they go into preschool or first grade. Right. Um, so it works for
1: both. So, uh, do you do any hands-on? How, tell me something. Give me an example. Do you have an example of maybe one of the lessons? Sure. Well, the, the lessons
3: are very much directed towards the child. So each okay. page, if you imagine, are it's like a, very free of distractions, very blank, and it has the letter, um, like for example, um, let's say, you know, at the beginning of each lesson, you learn a set of consonants and a set of vowels. So okay. let's say the, the lesson is B makes the sound B, mm-hmm. and A makes the sound A, A, and ah. And for A, A, and ah, it has different typography. So it has a little, either circle above it, or it has an underline, and the child learns, okay, when it has the circle or the line, that means that it makes this particular sound for a. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, then it would have, it would sort of do the blending where it puts the B and then the A and then LL, for example, and the child would put their finger, but ah, ball, Mm -hmm. and then blend Mm -hmm. blend the sounds together. And then there's some activities where, um, you, you know, draw a line from the word ball to a picture of a ball. Mm -hmm. Um, so that, that's, the very preliminary lessons um, yeah. as you go through by the end, it takes the child from no reading skills whatsoever to about a second grade level of reading right. um, in twenty lessons in twenty lessons so the, and that's one yeah book. that's one book it's all in one book it's a very big book it's four hundred and forty four pages but of course oh. um, it's not it's not small a uh, small type font it's huge because mm-hmm. um, so the mm-hmm. child gets used to seeing the letters. Um, and uh, so, if it's twenty lessons, we suggest about fifteen minutes a day. It usually takes about a year um, to complete the entire book. Oh, right. Okay. Wow, and they can. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a really okay. it, it's it's a really lovely and sort of charming book, uh, and um, we found it to be just really effective with kids of all you know development um, mm-hmm. speeds and levels. Mm.
1: Mm, That sounds um, wonderful. And you've got that for sale on your website. And we'll talk about your website in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That
3: book is is called The Reading Lesson. So we've got the math lesson and we've got
1: the reading lesson. Reading lesson. Okay. Now let's talk a little bit um, about the math lesson and your verbal math series, because um, that for me, you've got more books here. There are more books. It's more of a series, different ages, yeah. broken up a little bit mm-hmm. more. Is this also written? Was this also written by your parents? This is, yeah. This is yeah. another uh, set of books written by them. Okay. So let's talk um, about so that. Th-
3: yeah. The, the Verbal Math Series is uh, a really innovative and unique set of three. It's three books, um, and they, they progress um, with, uh, you know, difficulty as you go up. Um, they teach children to do math mentally. Um, mm-hmm. Books are they're really engaging. They're easy to use. And most of all, and I think their biggest strength is they make learning math fun for kids. Um, the way that they're structured is that the Verbal Math Series, um, uses no writing, so it takes away there's no worksheets, there's absolutely no writing um, it's a great way to teach kids to do math um, really painlessly um, the books start are usually meant, they start with kids between the ages of like 4 and 7 um, and as you go through I think that the top bracket book 3 is between I'd say 8 and age 11 mm-hmm. um, so so they're meant for from age 4 to 11, um, you can use the the books all the way through Um, They're, uh, they're, like I said, they're really fun. They turn math into a game. Um, They start with really basic math concepts and then teach um, mental math tricks and tips that kids can um, learn to do math problems in their head rather than writing it down. Mm -hmm. Um, They're... The reason that we um, developed the series, because at age four, children haven't really developed the the mechanical skills for writing, for at least really proficient writing. They find writing really frustrating and and very tedious. And so teaching them to at least begin to do math in their heads, they treat it as a fun challenge and a game, and they actually love math. Math isn't something that they find um, frustrating or or upsetting. Um, They start liking it it builds confidence. It's
1: really fun. Well, yeah, I know you're, you're right about the, the mechanics of having to write things down. I know I, with four children, they were all different and a couple of them really struggled with the writing. So I went, no, mm-hmm. you just need to tell me I'll write it for you or I'll type it. You can dictate your stories to it. And gosh, <laughs> that released, a, you know, sort of a flood of words and creativity from them. So- have
3: you found that, have you found that there's any correlation between the kids um, the ones who really like writing, the, if they don't like math, or if they like math, they don't like writing, or is it just... Uh, no, sort of- well,
1: with my, all, all of mine were different, but I have very artistic children who are also science-oriented, so... That's both, great. Yeah, uh, but I really wasn't very heavy on you have to write and you have to you know get this because I knew there was stuff going on inside and they just wanted to be able to express it somehow so I found a way for them to express themselves and then gradually they you know sort of fell into what they loved to do and it looks as though we have to go on a quick break and we'll get more into detail with this mental or verbal math after the break sure
0: How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, The Sociable Homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these mobile is the future and the future is now listen in
2: each week tuesdays four to five central to brilliant mobile marketing with your host mobile mary as we simplify the hottest marketing channel mobile marketing and share secrets on how you can use mobile to be more brilliant be more profitable and have more fun in your industry Join us each week to learn from brilliant business leaders on how to simply and easily capture a list of raving fans and turn them into loyal customers. This show will help business owners, authors, and speakers realize their own brilliance by tapping into the insights of fellow brilliant business leaders. We will also showcase brilliant tools, both traditional and digital, that will make you more brilliant in everything you do. Don't miss your date with Brilliant Mobile Marketing and your host, Mobile Mary, America's mobile marketing expert, as she shares her success strategies every Tuesday from 4 to 5 Central.
4: Welcome to The Quip with Miriam Nicole Huffman, a modern woman's guide to styling her faith, family, and finances the online radio show dedicated to today's positive, purpose-driven woman who's ready to heal her heart, her head, and her household by realigning with what she values most. If your highest values are faith, family, finances, and freedom, you're in the right place. Host Miriam Nicole Huffman is a woman on a mission. Her mess-to-success journey has taken her from life as an upper-middle class stay-at-home mom to a broke single mom to living a life of joy and wholeness. As She builds a thriving business while raising her healthy, happy family. Every week on The Quip, Miriam Nicole shares her love, life, legal, and lifestyle success secrets. Whether it's wisdom you're seeking, inspiration and motivation from someone who's hit rock bottom and risen to success, or you want to know how to fully align your faith, family, and finances to create more freedom for yourself, you're in excellent hands with Miriam Nicole. Check out past shows by clicking on the podcast player to the right, or check our recent guests in the blog below. Got a question for Miriam Nicole? Want to be a guest on her show? Email us at thequip at miriamnicolehuffman.com. And join us every Thursday at 2 p.m. Central Standard Time. Only here on the WooHoo Radio Network.
0: Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. The show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Togenek. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney.
1: Actually, Nina, just before we were going on a break, you asked me that question if I'd noticed any correlation between um, not enjoying reading and math. Was, was there a child, one of my children, um, l- like that? And actually, I had my son, and he, he wasn't a reader or a writer because he just wanted to be outside playing. <laughs> and so he wanted me reading to him, so I would go do that. And when, when he sat down to do his math... He would just get stuck on number one. The first four or five problems in the book that I used were written, you know, were word problems. So he'd get stuck Mm -hmm. on number one, would not move forward. And I'd say to him, you'll sit there for 90 minutes just looking at that one problem. Why don't you just move on and do one the first one that you can do no 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 he had to do it in sequence you see so um that's interesting because he he really didn't want to take the time to read the problem and fully understand it so Mm -hmm. how would you get around that with your series for verbal math yeah that's a great
3: question so um I think I'd start by saying that um, word problems are really tough for everyone. Um, and I think especially for kids, they, you know, they they have a really hard time when there's just a lot of words on the page and a lot of different things that they have to keep track of. Mm-hmm. Um, so at least for, for me, I'd say, well, okay, I, I'd say it's important to learn mental math for a few reasons. Um, and it's, The reason is that mental math teaches children to group and categorize and learn to drown out irrelevant information in in word problems. Um, Mental math relies entirely on the child's brain, and by translating verbal descriptions of mathematical concepts, it teaches children to create a mental visual picture of the problem and see mathematical relationships. And um, it helps them create an association and improve their comprehension of the problems when they can easily see math in their head rather than having to read over the same problem 500 times, um, which, you know, they mix up letters and words and names of people in the problems, and and sometimes there's irrelevant numbers thrown in there. So verbal math teaches children to sustain their focus on important math details and interpret Mathematical relationships by um, by by visualizing the problem rather than reading it over and over and writing the same information down five times.
1: So would you um, say that even as a parent, say I have say I have an eleven-year-old who is mm-hmm. just struggling so so much with the math, it would be all right to go back and start with your book one, even though it's for ages four to seven. Well, I don't- at age eleven, definitely not book one,
3: but I'd say starting with book two. Um, mm-hmm. the, the nice thing about the books is that each chapter is does build on the previous chapter, but is very clear what the concept is. So, um, like for example, a, a chapter of the title would be addition with double digit numbers, or um, uh, or multiplication with numbers up to seven. Um, so you can you get a sense of what the, your eleven year old has. Already challenged, already mastered, and mm-hmm. is totally um, has a really strong understanding of, and then go from there. Um, so, so it is very clear, uh, you know, with mm-hmm. each chapter where you can start from and go from.
1: Um, so, apart, apart from reciting multiplication tables, I yes. can't mm-hmm. really think of a time when. I would have done any kind of verbal math with my child, not like spelling or even reading out loud. We did not do math out loud; it was just yeah. one of those things that you do on paper. You no, know? <laughs> so yeah. so give us tell it. Can you give us some examples of maybe um, some mental or you call it verbal verbal math, problems. Well, ma- verbal. like me. yeah. Yeah. Um, well, so
3: first of all, it's, it's interesting that you mentioned. You know, you never learn to do mm-hmm. math verbally, and I think a lot of that is the product of, of the school system. Um, mm-hmm. It doesn't make it any less uh, effective or no. useful. It's just, no. it's, it's just, uh, it just hap- It's just another way of learning, and I think mm-hmm. that a lot the school systems for whatever reason. I think because when you have such a large number of kids in a classroom, you, teaching verbal math is not. As scalable, I guess, to mm-hmm. uh, to thirty kids because mm-hmm. you, you'd have to go to each individual student. I mean, verbal math is very individual; mm-hmm. um, it's very focused. So, 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 um, so, going back to your question about how you can, you know, learn multiplication mentally. Um, for example, one of the things we do is um, starting from the basics. We teach kids instead of memorizing. Um, the entire multiplication table, you teach them to learn to count up to 20 by skipping every two, for example, two and two, four, six, eight. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and instead of learning the times tables, you know, hundreds and hundreds of different multiplication tables, which inevitably adds more numbers that they have to memorize and get mm-hmm. confused with, um, you teach them to learn to think about numbers as groups, as groups of like three groups of two is six, four groups of two is eight. Um and that seems to be something that they grasp much more easily than memorize two times four is eight, two mm-hmm. times three is six. You know, that sort of thing mm-hmm. is actually very complicated for them because there's well, more they, numbers. Yeah. To memorize.
1: What what does times mean to exactly. a five-year-old? Exactly. You know, two times four, what are you saying? Yeah. So that, yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. It's amazing how differently um, children approach math when they learn from a different perspective. Kids, Really have a very easy time thinking of of categorizing and grouping things. They they their brains work that way. They learn to um, visualize things so they can put them in, in groups. So when they think of groups of three or groups of six, um, it's easier for them to grasp the concept yeah. rather than learning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All
1: right. Um, any, any other and any other tricks? Give us some some little tricks from your division and multiplication you, you said groups <laughs> but you know relationships of numbers because I can remember the first time I realized how nine worked you know when you're multiplying by nine yeah. how the two digits that come to the answer when you add them together they come to nine so that was really I went wow <laughs> why didn't anybody ever teach me that <laughs> <You know? laughs> I really
3: think the key I mean it, because Just because it's verbal math or mental math doesn't mean that it's not um, still teaching children very fundamental concepts. Really, the theme of the book and of teaching mental math is teaching children to group numbers. I think that's, um, that's really the key that most of the chapters, you know, that they drive home, is this idea of um, any kind of math is all about grouping sets of numbers. So, for example, in the really early... Chapters, um, with addition, you think, okay, if you imagine one set, um, a set, and you teach the child a set is like a mental basket. A set of four jelly beans, um, is, is four. Then how much is two sets of jelly Mm beans? Well, if each, uh, each set is four, it's easy for them to say, okay, two sets is eight, rather than saying, here's this abstract concept of the number four, here's another abstract concept of number four, and that equals eight. Um, Mm -hmm. So really, all the tricks are surrounded by learning to group numbers, and then with with concepts like division, it's breaking up those groups and separating yeah. those groups. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's really the underlying um, strategy that we teach, with with some you know sm- smaller um, smaller tricks and tips along the way. Um, but that's really sort of each book um, is based on that. Uh,
1: so what, is your, what does concept? your more advanced book look like, the one for ages 8 to 11?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, so the more the more advanced book delves, it, it's definitely more challenging. Um, mm-hmm. We've actually, it's so funny, in the past year we've gotten a lot of emails from high school students that have used the um, book three to help them with learning math tricks for the SATs. Mm -hmm. Um, because if they can learn to do the tricks mentally, it gives them a lot more time to go back and and check their answers, and um, they end up being more accurate. But um, the book delves into multiplication and division of of single-digit and double-digit numbers and introduces concepts like common divisors. For example, uh, a question in book three is, um, Lynn is five years old. Her sister is three times older than... Lynn and her father is um, three times older than her sister. How old is Lynn's father? I mean, that's even complicated for for me to, to answer. If I if I'm somebody just asks me offhand, but um, you know, if you if you start from the from the beginning of the book, you learn these how to group numbers and and do these kinds of problems in your head. Um, another example from the later book is a is a fractions problem, and it's um, something like. Um, uh, Mrs. Silva picked 16 plums um, or four-fifths of all the plums that were on the tree. Uh, how many plums were on the tree? Um, so uh, by the end of the third book, uh, the child, I guess the, the young adult at that point will be able to answer that question very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. The, the books, the book three is, by the end of the book, meant to set up the child to learn algebra. Um, mm-hmm. so by the end of the book, your child is fully ready to learn um, very, you know, conceptually difficult um, basics of, al- of algebra.
1: Mm. Mm. So it's giving, it's giving a child a whole new perspective on numbers. It's not just a, you know, like a code. Cause some of this stuff looks like code when you look at it in, when you come to algebra. And so it's not so intimidating yeah. when they actually understand what's going on. Right. Exactly. And
3: it, it's, it's so interesting, too, you know, because um, m- mental math, at least in my opinion, is, is not – it's a supplement, of course. Um, but if you think about it, it's the math that we use the most. I, I say this all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I – mm-hmm. we, we almost – it's almost trite at this point to say, oh, I don't use anything I ever learned in school. Like, I never yeah. learned – I never use calculus. But the mm-hmm. math we do use is – stuff like calculating the tip on a restaurant bill or how much mm-hmm. are my groceries exactly. going to be if I have a discount um, exactly. and so understanding this mental how to do those kinds of problems mentally is incredibly useful and, and mm. children see that very early on they see what kind of math adults are using
1: um, well, Nina you well, have to go it. on a really short break again sure. you come back and share your website with us and um, yeah. when your book's available or if it's available thank you sure all
0: right. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, The Sociable Homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. This is God in Country,
2: the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, this ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener, every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. It's time to uncover the inspired team leader within you. Overcome the challenges of hidden agendas and miscommunications that create stress and a lack of productivity. Project management expert Norm Prevost and connection expert Heather Hansen O'Neill will provide you with a consistent infusion of inspiration and team strategies. In addition, your hosts will invite knowledgeable leaders to inject different viewpoints, situations, and solutions for an all-encompassing perspective on achieving winning team performance. Spend one hour each Friday transforming your mindset and increasing your skills. The Inspired Team Leader Show, your path to innovative ideas and action items you can implement today to create a more productive team and feel amazing in your role. The Inspired Team Leader Show, heard every Friday at 12 noon Eastern Standard Time
0: on ABRN, the all-business radio network. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet, And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney.
1: Well, Nina, tell us, is um, your verbal math series, is that available
4: now?
3: They are available, yeah. They're actually available on mathlesson.com, where you can also find demos of each book. So you can download the first few lessons of each book, um, as well as on Amazon, too. So you can find those on Amazon. Um, We do have a, a coupon code for you guys. If okay. any of the listeners are interested in purchasing it, it'll do you 30% off. And okay. um, it's just sociable 2014, excuse me, You're one local. word, uh, no caps, no spaces. And, yeah, if you just use that at checkout, you'll get 30% off on oh, any great. of the products that you choose. Right. And if you wow. want to see the uh, the reading products, those are on readinglesson.com. So we have mathlesson.com and readinglesson.
1: Okay. I'll have those linked um, on my site and at Tokenet. Um, what about Castle Company? What does that take me to? Oh, if you go to
3: mountcastlecompany.com, that's just um, a, a little bit about us as a company
1: and um, some of the other uh, books that we publish. Um,
3: and you get to learn a little bit about me and uh, our offices and what we do.
1: And can will I link to reading lesson and math lesson off that too? Um, Yeah, it'll be listed there as well. Okay, okay. Um, tell me what kinds of books and how you choose some of your other books that you publish with Mount Castle.
3: Well um for example some of the books that we're publishing this year um we're doing some board books so we're going even younger than um, you know 3 and 4 so we're looking into doing some books that um, you know just some fun really cute board books for for young children um we also actually we we do some software and DVDs as well so we're working on a um, we already have a uh an interactive program that goes along with the reading lesson, but we're working on an updated version of that. Mm -hmm. Um, We also uh, are going to start getting into more. um, We're working on an algebra, verbal algebra book, which is going to be really exciting. It is. Um, Because, yeah, I mean, just the whole concept of learning to do algebra in your head, I mean, that's just, it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and we're also looking into... um, Doing stuff, we're, we're doing some textbooks for college as well. Um, okay. So we're kind of covering the whole range of, yeah.
1: of educational products. Right, right. Okay, well, Nina, it's been a delight talking to you this afternoon. I've oh, been talking, you too. <laughs> I've been talking to Nina Levin, CEO of Mount Castle Company, an independent publishing company with offices in California and New York City. It's an educational publishing company and has been committed to publishing the most effective and original products for children since 2000. And today we talked about best-selling series, um, her reading, the reading lesson, and the verbal math lesson lesson. And you can actually go to both of those um, websites, readinglesson.com and mathlesson.com to buy those books. And I have them linked, as I said, on my Sociable Homeschooler page and on my Toginet Radio page. Um, so I encourage you to go over there and have a look at some of the, those um, products that have been added to the catalog uh, for homeschooling families. Um, Nina, You have a great weekend. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon.
3: Oh, thank you so much, Vivian. I appreciate this
1: (laughs) podcast, everything you do. All right. Well, I'll be sending you the links. You have a nice weekend. Bye. 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 Well, you know, I used to love mental math. We used to call it mental math when I was at school, and we did used to do it in the classroom. We'd start the lesson, our math lesson, with 10 mental problems given by the teacher. And I think we actually wrote the answers down. It was very quick. We had to write the answers down fast, no repetitions. And um, I just loved doing that, but it all stopped when we went to Beirut when I was 11. But I really enjoyed the challenge. And I didn't say that if you go on to Nina's site, um, remind you that you get a 30% off for type in at the coupon at the checkout sociable 2014 so go do that it sounds like fun well we have ebola in our state and the fair is in full swing there's a cartoon of big Tex wearing a mask over his face it's supposed to be funny but really it isn't funny it's a pretty serious thing and i wonder gosh how did that happen we have ebola here my teacher daughter has been very concerned about the negative press about the poor person that's been infected she says why are people so mean and as a former missionary on mercy ship she has a soft spot for liberia because that's where she was and she takes these kinds of comments personally and i said to her donald trump back in august when the two missionaries um came back to america or brought back into america um he wrote some pretty, um, you know, sort of damaging stuff for somebody who's so much in the limelight. He said, "Ebola patient will be brought to the U.S. in a few days. Now I know for sure our leaders are incompetent. Keep them out of here." And he said, "Stop the Ebola patients from entering the U.S. Treat them at the highest level over there." United States has enough problems and another high profile speaker Ann Coulter asks why are missionaries working in the disease ridden cesspools of Africa if Dr. Brantley he's one of the missionaries who was um, brought back had practiced in Los Angeles and turned one single Hollywood power broker to Christ he would have done more good for the entire world than anything he could accomplish in a century spent in Liberia as Christians we're commissioned to go out to all nations and um, but then I'm preaching to the choir, aren't I? Some of us are um, are called to teach and um, reach out to people right here in our neighborhoods and others are called to reach out to people abroad so in answer to my daughter's question, why are people so mean I went to John Piper who's a conservative Minneapolis preacher and writer to read what he had to say and in the tradition of early British and American journalists who composed news poems that were printed rapidly and sold on streets for a penny John Piper composed a news poem inspired positively by the Samaritans purse workers and negatively Negatively by Donald Trump. Here's an excerpt, and you can find the full poem at desiringgod.org under Ebola. Today, a thousand dead and more to die. A common ache like flu, then nausea, a fever sore, a hopeless clinic interview. There's nothing we can do. The bleeding has no bias. These, a child, a chief, A friend, a nurse, Liberian and Leonese from Guinea, Texas, taste the curse. And kindness from the purse, Samaritans, 6,000 miles from home and care, subdue their fears and wonder if a sneeze defiles or if a healthy fluid clears the curse. Perhaps their tears. While in our land we see today another virus spreading, stumped more like, nor deadly in the soul they say why bring them home though you be stumped this grace will not be trumped keep the prayers up so that we will be seen as a nation who cares about those who care and the affected man today well i'm sure he's scared and he needs our prayers he's he's a suffering person and we need to pray for him My lovely cowboy said a funny thing to me the other day when I complained that the book I was reading was so long it hardly looked so I'd started, although I was already on page 390. He suggested to me, tear some pages out. That made me laugh. And talking of books, I finished writing mine and I'm reading through and editing. It's always tough and long and here in dallas the interruptions are mammoth i did send part one 85 pages to my reading group a couple of friends and family it was tough and scary my cowboys already read it and said how wonderful it was he's my biggest fan and hopefully it won't take so long to get the other three parts out it's like being in the kitchen preparing a feast for hours that gets eaten in minutes i spent months writing and honing and whoosh He ate the words up in 90 minutes. (laughs) We have been very busy since we got back from Florida. Actually, I feel as though I need to go back and have a rest. Um, We volunteered in the first week that we were back um, at the theater where we spend our summers. They were having a fundraiser in the form of a 5K race. There were six of us besides those organizing the event And we were asked, who knows how to use iPads? And my Tex and I looked at each other and moved forward. No one else did. And I said, you're asking the wrong generation. And it wasn't difficult. In fact, it was very well organized. And we stayed for five hours and were very busy. There were over 900 runners registered. And we had to verify them, provide them with bibs and numbers, and then send them to get their T-shirts and other goodies, including paintballs. It was going to be a fun run. There's quite a mixed bag signed up children, couples, singles, those in shape, those out of shape. And there was a cold front just blown in. So they were very lucky. They weren't going to be running in 80 degrees. I think it was about 50 the morning of the race. And we raised a fair amount of money too. So that's our volunteering. And just before I was leaving, Florida, I'd taken the dogs out for their walk while we were on our way home, about three doors down from our house on stilts, when all of a sudden the Shepherd Lab, who's quite large, 87 pounds, shot out. Shut off, sorry, after a cat. I was completely unprepared when he made his rogue move and his action caused two things. The Westie bolted after him. She hates cats. And I was pulled off my feet and I like cats. The retractable leads were snatched out of my hand and I was hurled to the ground. Luckily there wasn't much blood, but I did manu- I did get up and I walked home and I left the dogs and um the neighbor who owned the chased cat brought the culprits home saying, I found these two wandering around in my garden and knew something was wrong. My face was all bashed up and my right hand actually took the worst of it. I don't know how I fell on it. And after eight weeks, it's, the swelling's gone down, but it's still a little bit stiff and it's still got some numbness around my thumb. Anyway, it didn't stop me from walking the dogs, but I did realize that large canines need to be kept on a short lead and trained not to chase anything while leashed. I think I'll stick to about 20-pound dogs in future. And with that, I think I've come to the end of my show this week. We're off house hunting again, looking at land. Um, a house we sort of like because of the location has a contract on it, so it's off our radar. I'll be working on my book and moving some love seats for Daughts into her little nest. Thank you for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief. Happy birthday, Ian. hard-working staff at Toganet Radio, my producer Casey, my guest this week, Nina Levin, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Pam, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen Esme, Millicent Margaret and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to help you through your day. Go forth in peace, for you followed the good road. Go forth without fear, for he who created you has sanctified you, has always protected you, and loves you as a mother. Blessed be God for having created us. Doop, 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 doop.
0: Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNenney on talk.